Hey, everybody, it's John. And thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks away so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. All right, hey y'all, it's five o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. I'm Augie Carton. Hey, I'm John Hall, and up until about 45 minutes ago, I was lost in a corn maze somewhere in the farms of Jersey. So I am I'm grateful to have macheted my way out, much to the terror of all of the elementary school kids that got in my way. Uh, wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. I know you I know you prepped this and I know you want to be hilarious, but let me ask, because I know that it's not five o'clock on Monday. I'm fully aware it's two thirty-two on, on Thursday. Thursday? Yeah. Does this mean you were a class parent at oh, I was, school today? I, I was a uh, a chaperone. Yeah, that's uh, what I mean. Yeah, early early like little today. children had to look to you for guidance and responsible parenting. Sure. Yeah. It's, Late in the uh, week on a Thursday, there, I never would have. I never would have made that market. There's really something to be said for uh, being out on this first grade class trip uh, to the pumpkin farm um with the corn maze and all of that and word starts getting around to the other parents that i'm the beer dad <laughs> and it's oh you're the they start frisking you were they frisking like, you no they're they're like they're like oh that's so cool and then it's like what's your favorite and it's like pain head high. Both. um both. and uh but yeah so it was yeah <laughs> walking around <laughs> <laughs> perfect <laughs> had that one loaded in um, yeah, I felt so that. Yeah. I knew where I knew where you were. You knew it was coming. Said you I was knew, in a corn maze. You knew it was coming because you know what comes out of corn maze is white lightning. Is, cre- is cream out? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. Uh, it 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 was fun, and I am much happier to be back here in my office uh, with two foil wrapped beers in front of me, and and our accomplice today. Yeah, allow me to introduce Courtney Eisman beer writer as our company. Hey, Courtney, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Happy to be here. Thanks. Well, I'm not as good as John. I wasn't wandering around the <laughs> cornfields of Edison, New Jersey all day with, with, to be fair, I, I don't know if you've met Hannah Hall, but she is the cutest first grader in all the world. So I imagine John's <laughs> beaming because all the other children in Hannah's class look horribly ugly by comparison. Um <laughs> But that's all true. Great. That's all true. So, so. so now I'm, I've gone immediately, <laughs> based on that comment, I've gone from being the beer dad in town to canceled dad in town. That's Thank right. You. You're welcome. That's it. That's, yeah. That's, now what I need for, that's what you get for not saying both. Um, um, anyway, you're going to need to move to Brooklyn because that's where all canceled. of the beer writers live. All beer writers. So, Courtney, you, you live in Brooklyn. And you write about beer. So when can we expect to see your Hudson Valley Farm brew book? I think there's there's enough of that going on, right? I don't need to throw my hat in there. <laughs> well, if you need it, 
Kennedy made us do about four years of research for him. So you can just cheat and listen to old episodes. Yeah, the um, yeah, the, the genius ones are already out there. I wouldn't I wouldn't purport to <laughs> Yeah. Well, the as even though we've clearly hit a kind of general craft headwinds and Jersey's losing a brewery a, a week at this point, I still think there's you know, there there's an eternal crop of new Hudson Valley farm licensed breweries never ending. Like it's bountiful. It's, like it's, it's, it's mana. That that must be it. Um, so Kennedy sent me. I don't think Kennedy wrote this. I think Kennedy sent me your bio, but it's got like ninety-seven beer writing credits in it. So let's start there and funnel down to. Who, do you do you have a couple places you primarily write, or are you just writing beer stuff and people are publishing it every day of your life? How's that go? Every single day. Um, yeah. yeah, I I, I think over the last year or so, a lot of work was going to like craft beer and brewing and brewing industry guide, um, a lot of uh, stuff for punch. Um, yeah, I mean, Vine Pair used to be a bit more, uh, some longer form stuff for good beer hunting. So yeah, there's like a few usual suspects, but other than that, kind of hopping around everywhere inside book. Hmm. Nice. So do you, do you have a lane? Are you like Hall who likes to write about middle upper beer and it's never going to change in this? Or are you like Kennedy who likes to write about scratch and sniff beer pairings? Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of dabble when you do this for a living. I feel like you have to be open to all, all different beats, right? But I mean, I, again, kind of, kind of like our Hudson Valley, uh, brewery books. I, there are things that I will leave to the, to the experts. So like, I don't, yeah, like there's people who cover like, you know, the economics of the industry really like, I don't, I don't understand numbers. So like, I'm not touching that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm really, I really focus a lot on like the culture of craft beer, you know, a lot of like people stories, um, DEI stuff, things like that, a lot of trends, like things that I can sort of make, make sense to like the broader, more general consumer. And then also, I really like getting into like sciencey science stuff uh, of brewing. So those are kind of like my main arenas. And, and polar, to say the least. Um <laughs> Interesting. Very cool. So I guess Kennedy asked me to talk to you about tarot. Um, so I will do that, but I want to kind of, before I ask you about the tarot of beer being, I'm sure you can hear it in the tone, my tone of voice, being a skeptic who loves, who sees a lot of benefit in warm reading placebo and all that kind of thing. You know what I mean? I'm not for or against tarot, but I'm always intrigued when, when that's brought to me as a topic. So talk to me about you and tarot before we dig into tarot of beer, because I want to okay. take it like layer at a time. You know what I mean? Be- before I'm like, wait, 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 wait. How okay. is Sierra Nevada the nine of cups? <laughs> uh. Well, first of all, I appreciate the opportunity. I did tell uh, <laughs> Justin, I was like, I'm really aggressively trying to plug a beer tarot zine that I just wrote. So yeah, appreciate <laughs> the platform. Um, yeah, I, I'm into tarot super casually, like for fun. Um, it's, I don't see, and I think really like the trend is moving away from being super mystical, like right. th- thinking that it's going to predict your future, like that the 
when you see in a movie like someone pulls a death card and everyone's like oh my god and it's not really what these cards it's it's kind of about like pulling cards and, and like interpreting them and thinking about like oh how can i help this like make sense of like what's going on right now um so that's the more the way i see it and super casually um and i think that's happening more like i just started seeing more like brewery tap rooms are having tarot readers come in as like part of the ever you know growing attempt to like diversify the events on offer um and like true brewing out in denver created their own amazing deck um their artist max sherman did this like insane like heavy metal heavy metal sort of tinged tarot deck so there's like some craft beer and tarot crossover happening a little bit um and i in my newsletter hugging the bar for two years now have been doing these tarot readings where like i just pull a card for the week kind of like vibe check for the week and then at the end i pair it with like either like a beer that it brings to mind like just the message of that card or like more like a beer experience or an approach to beer like there are some cards that might bring up like oh you're maybe you're experiencing some sort of prosperity right now or you just had a big accomplishment so treat yourself like pull something out of your cellar this week so that's uh -huh. kind of like the connection that i you know and of course it's all completely just for fun Oh, good. But the, all right. So I, I can see that. Um, do you have a, a decoder book you lean into? Or are you a multi-decoder book person? Or are you going purely on what you've learned about these things and moving? And then what do, you, what do you have a favorite example of this card came out and I came up with this beer and it was as good as John, what's the best? It's almost Halloween. So I'm sure you're writing your Halloween candy and beer pairing. What goes with Reese's Cups this year? No, I don't, I don't, I don't do stuff like that. That's, I leave that up to, uh, to, to, other, to other publications, but. Uh, um, I mean, it's what the people want to know, John. It's really I mean, obviously news. with that, I, I would probably go with like, I don't know, like a Guinness foreign, foreign extra. Ooh. Right. Yeah, Cause you don't want something right that's now. too bitter. I'd go with a double like, right now. What's that? A double. A du oh yeah. Do you with be. Peanut butter? Yeah. Right. Mm. Anyway. Great. Now we've turned into one of those publications. Great. Mm. Well, I I knew it wouldn't be hard to get you there. I loved your first your first thing to was fuck that bullshit journalism, Augie, and your second thing was but here's my answer. Yeah. Anyway. Gotta follow through. Give the people what they want. <laughs> anyway, Courtney, back to the actual question. Um. Do you have one that you were like, oh, that's, you know what I mean? That, that really spoke to you? Like, like, obviously you come up with that idea, you push it. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's everything you hoped it would be. Sometimes it isn't. When it was everything you hoped to be, was there one where you're like, this is, this is the path I was hoping this would find? I'm just looking over the, uh, some of my favorites are actually in this zine, which is available at beantobarstool.com, by the way. Bean to Barstool? Um, is that a coffee yeah. joke? Or is your no, nickname? No, David Nilsson uh, and Melinda Guerra, they, are, they also write about beer and they have this amazing, you should talk to them about it. Um, they have this amazing publishing, it's a zine press essentially, because they have a really cool beer zine uh, called Final Gravity. And David does like beer and chocolate pairings. So he has a bean to bar stool zine um, oh, under that too. So I did the beer tarot zine for them. Um, and I'm just looking over the readings because I really like some of the ones that came out for that. 
Um, so like two of swords is a card that comes up. That means like you're, you're having a dilemma, right? Like you're at a crossroads, a stalemate. And it's about like how to sort of consider your options. So for that, I know that this is like a controversial topic among the beer crowd, but I paired that with, you got to go for some beer tasters, maybe not a flight, but that when you walk into a tap room, the, the energy of this card is very like research and thinking right so before you make your decision you would maybe try a few things interesting now you've opened up a world you've just moved yourself off tarot without meaning to what is so <laughs> controversial about beer tastings beer tastings are are well, not, what untapped no, I mean, is born of and <laughs> i guess i'm thinking more of like flights i feel I like flights you. are a hot debate you feel, you feel there's that. so I, that's interesting i i'm i'm i'd like to talk more about that but first but first, let's talk but about first. beer one. But first, what brings <laughs> us together on Steelers Beer is a candid conversation of beer and what it's doing, not what it was supposed to do, how it tastes, not how hard it was to get. We would drink it if we owned it. Um, beer one is an artisanally foil-wrapped 12-ounce can. Um, then I understand you have it, Courtney? this was personally delivered to you? Yeah. yeah, is Courtney? that true, Courtney? Mm-hmm, that's true. So There's how many how many target bags how many go, target Justin? bags did you get? <laughs> you got an actual tote bag. Yeah. Uh, what an NPR tote bag is it fundraiser an actual, weekend? It's actually I think it was from the Tate uh, Museum in London. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so wait, so, so, wait, Justin, so Courtney, did you fly yourself to London to get a tote bag? Yeah, just, Courtney yeah. being in the Courtney being in the very tight upper echelon Stonecutters Union of Brooklyn craft beer writers gets high end tote bags, and me and John Hall get barely recycled plastic Target bags. I'm all right with it. I'm, I feel I'm like you right got to learn what side your bread is buttered on here, Kennedy. Uh, anyway, so you oh, got this fresh today. I got mine in the typical freight cargo section of the USPS. I so. I've never said this before on the show, and this has never been an issue before, but these beers got here as they do when you mail them warm. I threw them in the fridge yesterday, and this beer tastes to me like it's been warm and then cold again, oh, which isn't a taste I feel is super, Not really a super thing. ascribable to anything. But you know how people believe, oh, it got... You know, you know, Kennedy, you know, you don't want something to get warm and cold quickly. Gentle moves in temperature aren't a big deal, blah, 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 blah. Everybody overreacts, especially in the late teens craft world. But people believe light struck hop skunk is beer that was warmed up and then chilled again. It's not skunky, but it feels to me. I don't know, like it oxidized or something in a short time span because it's all right. So let me start. Let me start where I started rather than where I got. When I smelled it, it smells like everything smells, right? That citra wheat pale smell, right? So from fuzzy baby ducks to all citra everything, it smells in that world of, oh, a weeded pale ale with a ton of citra and maybe some touch of. First sip, the body was super confusing. By the fourth sip, it started to taste like an extract brew, and I'm just left with a plasticky sweetness and none of the 
hop aromatics that were coming out of the glass when I first decanted it. Um, but I'm left with this, like this overall feeling of, I don't know, maybe it got too warm and I chilled it too quickly kind of feeling on the overall impression. I get that. What do you think? Um, so I, I'll agree with, with, Pretty much everything you said. I'm not really getting that weedy thing that you were talking about, but um, not weed. W e d w h e a t. That's like what it I just said. Smells like no, citrus. That's what I said. Smells to me. On yeah. weed. Okay. I, okay. I, but I'm saying I'm not getting that weedy thing um, that 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 you brought on. Um, I get a little bit of that citrus. Uh, I get a little bit. So when I first started drinking, I was like, oh, this has like a gently hopped like lager kind of thing going on for it. Like not quite you know, West coast, not quite like, but something that if has, it's a lager, everything's gone wrong. Okay. But, but it had those aromas to it early on. Like it didn't have a lot of that discernible malt characteristic, but then it did have this nice, nice hoppy thing where I'm, where I'm struggling with this is on the very, very back end uh, of drinking this, I get like, like wart, like unfermented beer. Yeah. And yeah. and it and plastic extract. Plastic-y you know, extract. fuck, fuck. But, but the other fuck. times that you know I what get, that means. Well, non-alcoholic. Yeah, it's an NA. Got it. I be. mean, that's we it, never say that, right? I I said extract, and you said word. All right, yeah. Courtney, do you haven't listened to this show religiously for years, so you don't know what we just said? But we think we're drinking a non-alcoholic beer now. But when I started, I thought I was drinking a ten-year-old fuzzy baby ducks. Um. <laughs> What do you got going on? Do you have? Do you see what we're saying? Do you think we're insane? Do you think this is the greatest milk stout ever produced? What What are you feeling over there? And are you getting, drinking blind? Yes, um, but I was getting really excited at some of the points that were coming up because I I do I do get like the hoppy lager aroma, but then when I tasted it, I got yeah major wort. Uh, so and I was major actually just wart. in a. <laughs> <laughs> um, major I was wart. Just, he, he's, a, he's Sergeant Pimple's boss. <laughs> um, a couple weeks ago was in a situation like tasting, like kind of doing a blind tasting similar situation with some other beer writers. And there was um, a non-alcoholic in there and I, kind of like isolating that and learning how to identify that, like what I'm like getting that on this beer. So, yeah, I yeah. think, I think... I, I'm, I think I'm pretty sure that's what's wrong with it. And here's my problem. That's what's wrong with it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Cause I don't know that it's a bad non-alcoholic beer. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible beer. Like it's just a God awful beer, but, but I'm not, I don't need that. You don't, but you drink a lot more NA than me. So in the last pantheon of NA is like, you know, there's like two NA beers I like. Fine. If this is an NA, right? And and I, I well, well we should say, are we done with notes? Where are you drinking this? I mean, I guess I'm drinking this while driving. Um, but Kennedy, tell us what it is. Is it an NA? You guys are gonna love this. It is an NA, but it's an Italian style pills NA. It fucking is not. Yes, it is. Open Stop the it. can. Shut the fuck up. Stop Who's, it. What? From Untitled that... Art. Uh, Do we like Untitled Art? Am I about to be mean to somebody we like? Uh, they're in Minneapolis, I think. Uh, we made this. That month. doesn't answer my question at all. <laughs> Wait, you don't like people from Minneapolis? What's wrong? With I you? didn't know I had that prejudice, but apparently, they're associated I did. with another brewery. I can't remember who it is, but um, 
you know what? Thank God 2023 Kennedy finally showed up. So, hang on. Hang on. Brooding can by Untitled Art, Wisconsin. So there's your coastal bias showing right there. Yeah, is that it? Is that in Minneapolis? Same thing, is Wisconsin right? not in Minneapolis? Um, if you turn the can, can upside down and then reverse the letters, it would be. Well, MI. I'm going to pour a lot of beer on my hands if I do that because I did not um, finish mine. All right. So here's what I'm going to say. I, I drink a ton of NA these days. And wait, this is best by 1:45 p.m. Um, best by keep... 3 14 25 13 45 so we have to drink this by 1 45 p.m in march okay hmm. who knew um the last time i think we had na beers on if i'm remembering is when we were up at industrial arts and uh jeff o'neill tried to mess with us a little bit and i immediately got it then because the athletic beers have that extreme wart taste to it so the mm -hmm. fact that like it took me a little bit of time to to get to that and really only on the back end for me sort of puts this in that middle tier of what to drink if you're in that na space and i do think that like the heinekens and the guinness and those larger breweries that are doing their na versions taste like the full strength alcohol versions which is i guess the point that they're trying to get across do uh, they tell you what hop they put on this because yeah. i feel like yeah it's hollertown middle fruit and strata no all right and so also... strata is the weird thing strata doesn't belong in an italian pilsner that's that's what's going on there they also on their website our, our membrane filtration technology allows us to brew fully fermented beer and gently remove the alcohol without losing the aromas and flavors of your favorite styles all right well all of my issues are the i guess what i call extract and john and courtney call wort yeah. um which would make sense i just mine feels more chemical than theirs to me I, um, I I like I like this. I would drink the industrial arts over this. Um, I mean, obviously, for, that's for a the good obvious beer. reasons. Um, and then getting into some of the the the, the larger brewery ones that but I. But if you bought, if you bought, let's just say you were an NA buyer and you saw Italian Pilsner going by the Kennedy definition of Italian Pilsner, not the Allworth counterpoint. Of he created the style. Let's not forget. I, I I'll never forget. I make one. I make a couple. Hell, I make a fucking Italian Maybach. Um, but what I'm saying is, th this Strata doesn't belong, right? Italian Pilsner doesn't mean dry hopped Pilsner. It means attempted perfect German Pilsner that's been dry hopped. Okay. Right? Like, yeah. I I would be upset. If I was like Italian Pilsner, oh, that'll be fun. It'll be pretty flower aromatics of the nobles and got strata all over it. I feel uh, like that's a misunderstanding of style. All right, good. Courtney, do you ever drink NA or do you have, when you're zening, are you completely sober and trying to focus or are you one of those kind of Jim Morrison shoot some heroin and get creative type of authors? Um, Boy, those are two. Definitely. Yeah, well, those, there's I like nothing to leave in the a middle. Big middle. I like no, I like to leave a big middle to put yourself in. That's a wide section. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I like non-alcoholic options. They, I actually agree 100 percent with John. Like, I don't mind this, and I 
I think I have had this a long time ago in my fridge. Um, I do prefer safety glasses. Uh, honestly, lately I'm much more about hop water. Like that, if I don't want alcohol, but I want a hops fix, like I would much, I'd much more likely to reach for a hop water than a non-alcoholic beer. I think that makes, I believe it or not, again, I think with your same caveat, outside safety glasses, I've been preferring dry hop seltzers to different NA things I've been giving. But then again, when I'm not drinking, I'm a bitters in seltzer guy. So that's clearly my lane, if you will. Um, all right, let's get back to, let's get back to all your writing and zining. So I'm, I'm super interested in here. When you say you think there, and I know, I know that there's definitely a comfortable space for you to say people are getting mad at flights or people are talking about flights, but what, what are you seeing people saying about that in general? Um, you know what I mean? Like, like, why do you think that's topical? What do you think the sides are? And do you see any credence to any side? I'm, I'm intrigued by this because I have a million opinions starting with the fact that I can't do flights in my tasting room. So I try to backdoor a flight through a tasting card system, but you go, Tell me what you think you're knowing and seeing and feeling and hearing and then thinking about that. I, I think just anecdotally, like it just comes up a lot in conversations. Uh, it's it's kind of like all I would I would group it all under a broader a broader conversation of just like different size options available. I feel like that's something I appreciate when I'm in the UK or a lot of places in Europe is that there's usually more size options for, for every beer. Um, but so I, th I did, I think last year did, I did um, beer Twitter, you know, before it became X and fell apart and, and all that beer Twitter <laughs> could, I mean, could sometimes be the most toxic thing ever, but also could be really fun and like a good source of conversation and hearing from some different, different people with different viewpoints working in different aspects of the industry. So like I, I, that conversation came up on beer Twitter last year and I was actually asking people so that I could write about it in the newsletter. Where do you stand specifically on like, like A, on just like size, multiple size options, but then B, specifically flights. So, you know, tasters versus like a whole flight, like pouring a flight board, uh, just like, you know, a lot a lot more consumer, like from the patron side of being in a tap room, people are more for it. Although then you have people who, you know, think you're not really getting enough to experience each beer. You're just like kind of blasting your palate. So it's pointless. And then people behind the bar, or like, you know, when the bar gets busy, pouring a flight is an absolute nightmare. They shouldn't exist. Um, sometimes these size options can not be like cost friendly for breweries. So I think there's a lot going on there. I think more people are for at least some kind of taster option. Um, but I think when you get into like a flight board, it gets a little more 50-50. Interesting. So I think, John, do you have an opinion on this? About flights, about these topics of flights, because I think as a as a person trying to craft a flavor experience, no matter where I am, when I see people ping ponging back and forth, lager stout, sour, hazy, lager state, and out of order, I, you know, I think there's a million ways to put them in a proper order, and I could argue for by alcohol, by color, by body, by yeah. you know hop. But I definitely think there needs to be a progression, just like 
you know, at dinner, you know, a, a good chef when he does a tasting menu isn't giving you his five favorite things to cook. He's giving you five things he can he thinks connects one to the next to the next to the next, right? So that's my problem with the board flights, which I think Courtney says are kind of agreed upon as weird. Yeah. But that's always my problem. Is when I see a guy drinking, you know, some chocolate stout and then going back to the Pilsner and being like, oh, I can really sense the nuance of the Tetninger in here. Fuck off. Um, so that's all I would say on what I just heard. But what about you? Do you have a flight's opinion? No, I, I typically just order the pint. Um, Four I of them done... at a time, though? What's that? Yeah. Four of them <laughs> yeah. at a time. Obviously, and if you're like, you know, I would like half a gallon. The imperial please. option is available. I then. I would like a half a gallon, please. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I might get tasters now and again if I've settled into a pint and I'm curious about something. Um, I was just up at Harpoon over the weekend and uh, in Vermont, and they had two of their seasonals on uh, that I saw after I ordered the hand pull of the ESB. Uh, so I got you know, two six ounce pours of that, which was perfectly nice. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't typically go for, go for flights, uh, anymore. It's, um, for those reasons that you say, like if it, it, it's competing flavors and I really like to settle in, especially if I'm at a place for a first time of, you know, well, what are you most proud of or what's the flagship or what sounds interesting to my palate in that particular moment. And then I just commit and, Sometimes it works. I'd say like seventy percent of the time, I'm I'm pretty happy at the end of that pint. Cool. So let's let's stay in this vein for a minute, Courtney. When I um, so Tiger is where we always talk about drinking, right? Tiger is where I like to drink. But if I let myself fall into a hazy at Tiger, I will then stick there because other things don't show well next to them. So if I see I'm gonna want to taste like let's say 10 things in a night and three or four of them are like Jesse or Grim or other half or whatever. They're hazies. I'll make sure I put them at the end just because I know once I fall into that vein, I can't get back out of it. Um, in your thinking on this, on this in general, do you think, cause people used to think the paddle of beer was the be all end all of beer drinking. But I think before things went so kind of, boisterous impressionistic and things could get blown out by that do, do you feel there's been a trend especially from when you first thought about this say a year ago to now but prior to that is it that styles have become like it would almost be worth it to do four hazies four stouts four lagers instead of trying to mix stuff up because it's not those days of 1998 wind esb mm. amber golden pale you know what I mean? Does that make any sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, I think I'd look back further than like, a year, cause like you're saying, like when I, sometimes when I think of a flight, I do think of like, I don't know, 12 years ago when like your brew pub had a red, a brown, a blonde, you know, a pale. And, and that was like, of course, I'm going to get a flight of everything, everything that's on tap. Um, so yeah, now I do think it gets crazy because you go into places and you might have, you know, triple dry hopped triple hazy ipa and then also like a fruited sour with marshmallow in it and a pastry <laughs> stout and then and then a lager because why not and at that point then, what does that even taste like 
And then the hells. Yeah. And, the, and yeah. now let's talk about the subtlety of hells. Anyway, go on. Yeah. You're like, oh, for <laughs> it's like when you tell your when you got like a Big Mac but a Diet Coke, you're like, mm, being healthy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean I do so like what I do, I think I think you're onto something. I think there's something really interesting in almost like a themed, like a thematic flight still. And I think there's more value in that. Like I know if you go to um what is it? Uh white labs in Asheville, you yep. can get like a mini flight of the same beer done with different yeast strains. And like, to me, that is super intriguing and fun. And now we're really like dialing into things we can learn and nuances we can pick up on. Um, but then I think about like, if you're just a more casual, like if you're not, if you're just casually kind of into beer and you go to a tap room, like, like I've been at tap rooms here in Brooklyn with like my friend's mom who's visiting and like, so like if you go to like Talea here in Brooklyn, like they they specialize in these flights that like the colors of the beer, because they do a lot of sours, um, are gorgeous. And that brings in people who aren't normally into the beer scene per se, but they're coming in like, ooh, I want that margarita sour and whatever else is coming on that like sunset hued flight. So oh, I think nice. it like it can invite other people in, which I think is cool. I don't know. I think that there's different different points of value for flights in different spaces. Um, and I also think if you're a beer geek who doesn't like it, like just don't order it and shut up. <laughs> yeah, but telling a beer geek to shut up is asking people not to I be know. beer geeks. I know. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, so I miss. We used to do a uh, a voice on this show when we were. I guess we've been nicer to beer geeks since we stopped going to bars during COVID, but we used to do the actually. I miss that guy. <laughs> miss that guy so much. Um, we need to get back into the bars and find Mr. Actually again. Um, so you know what you know what's funny is you brought us kind of to that. So when you when you describe that kind of color hued sour palette, I was thinking of okay, well that's that's where Instagram and the paddle perfectly cross because Pretty does work these days. But when you started talking about that, especially the yeast thing, what it reminded me of is going back to my first example, say the wind coop. You know, back in those days, those those brew pubs where I think this system was, you know, it's ingrained in us all because that was where we all came to these things. But they probably all were only using a house yeast like Ringwood. And what you were really getting is what you're now describing, but as a, a malt choices flight, right? Like, so here's Ringwood, here's our water, here's it with patent malt, here's it with Kara 60 malt, here's it with wheat, you know what I mean? And that's probably how we all came to accept that these were a fair progression and a way to look at things. But in the day and age where everybody is, you know, trying to do a little bit of everything maybe it's time to let that board go interesting good conversation uh beer two have you started drinking it courtney i did i i had yeah. a few sips all right i'm gonna sit in the back one because i think that non-alcoholic monstrosity destroyed my palate and i'm being very mean to this beer but i am also not in love with this one so i'm gonna let you two go first uh i'll defer to courtney as I feel <laughs> you get out into the Hot world more seat. than I do. Hot seat. You don't have to. Uh, we know it's a lot to no, ask no, people no. who no. make their living by putting their name next to thoughts about beer to completely blind out of a black glass. <laughs> but John and I have no cares for respect or reputation, so we risk it every Monday at five. Uh, 
I don't know. Now I'm like, oh, did that? No, because I don't. I didn't dislike the non-alcoholic one like you did. Um, because I cracked this one open, and the first aroma I got when I poured it, I was off like something about it and I but it like it 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 actually evaporated too quickly for me to even it was a drive-by like bad aroma now then I just started getting like very standard hazy like very like southern hemisphere hops maybe but then when I drank it it tasted more like an imperial I a little less hazy a little more maltful like west coast not crisp yeah 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 yeah, you were gonna say crystal because that's what it is for me it's like somebody was was trying to make a juicy hazy but also had a bag of carrot yeah exactly so yeah that's part of my problem with it john i i i don't even know where to start um (laughs) but there is that that rubbery like yep. green hop thing that's coming off, like that hop burn aroma uh, coming off of it. But there's there, no yeah. burn. It's a very soft. No, sweet but the, beer. the the aroma, the aroma yeah, yeah. of hop okay. burn is coming off on this. Um, it'd be tough to taste the hop burn behind like the extreme alcohol uh, yeah. that's in this. Um, and it's so you know, sweet. Like this should come with some of those gas station signs of like no smoking next to the pumps. Um, <laughs> it, it's just. You know, like you can almost like, sort of like no see smoking. the heat lines coming off Winter of Winter mix uh, 10% ethanol, no smoking. <laughs> yeah. Um it, it, there there is this grapefruit tangerine juice thing um in the background. Um, but it just it feels very it, it, it feels like blunt and I I yeah, it's just I don't know. Maybe they're not going for nuance, like which is fine. Um, well, I mean, we I don't there's know, a lot of beers kind completely of like devoid of and everything, like in all those notes that I just said. Yeah. I'm having a really tough time with this one on just yeah. trying to find, and because of that that like alcohol heat that's coming off of it, like I can't even you know take like multiple big deep drinks from it to try to mm. like kickstart my taste buds because i'm mm. immediately like whoa um and and getting knocked back on my on my ass on this one so yeah, there was a time i think i've talked about it on the show but it was probably 10 years ago or 8 years ago Ooh. because it was a long time ago but at some point six points made a rattler that uh-huh. i bumped into draft somewhere in brooklyn i think probably at fetisau um, and was like, oh my God, six points made a Rattler. Woo. And got it. And was left with the feeling that in an attempt to be interesting, instead of just going with clean, pretty orange juice flavors, Shane had grabbed one of those like, you know, Marriott courtyard brunch cartons of Tropicana, banana, pineapple, orange. You know, those those breakfast mm. juices that were cartoned up and were always fucking horrible, but for some reason they tried them for a while. Yep. And I remember getting really mad at that beer and by proxy shame for being like, what the fuck is wrong with good orange juice if you're trying to make a Rattler or good lemonade if you're trying to make a Rattler? Why, why would you try to... But this feels like that. They're like, oh, it's supposed to taste like juice. And I drink Sunny D. You know what I mean? Instead of trying to make like, you know, the magic of, of the hazies 
is using hops and alcohol and warmth yeah. and sweetness to make it represent as the juice of fruits that exist. It does have that body though. It does have that. There's that fucking weird malt sweetness that doesn't belong in a plush hazy, right? Sure. There's yeah, something, exactly. there's something West coast about, and I don't mean West coast as it exists defined today. I mean, West coast, like, like old day racer five, uh old day you know all those so even good old green flash you know what i mean where there was like that little bit of malt sweetness that they could never wring out of west coast yeah. ipas it's got like that thing in the middle of and it seems so out of place to me one because this thing's too sweet but it's too malty sweet not too sugary sweet you know what i mean it's not like brewer's crystals it's like a malt i don't know i don't know uh, it's it's Somehow the problem is it all to, it all together stitches up as quite harmonious, but to me in my brain it's very disjointed. Yeah, I'm so gonna go along with that. That, that just... paradox, that paradox bothers me. All right, you guys yeah. know this? Yeah. Yep. So this is from Stone. So well, there you go. We said it. Our old West Coast. Wait, <laughs> who's right? Wait, who's right in the middle of Green Flash and Racer Five? What's great? What's Racer Five's real name? Nailed Brent it. Republic. Is Stone half the distance between those two? Did I get it right? Fair <laughs> Republic, yeah. Um, so this is Enjoy by ten thirty one twenty three. They call it a hazy IPA. Uh, I can't see what, it. Was what's it the ABV on it? Nine point four. There you go. Wow. You're welcome. So Enjoy by Halloween, and you sent this. Yeah. So it's a hazy that probably. I'm sure Stone, because they're Stone, gave it a four-month shelf life instead of a six-week shelf life. Yeah. So you gave us as old as it could be, right? I could have waited till Tuesday to drink this. Yeah, and this this will air on Monday, so uh, if you're listening gotcha. to this. So the day before. So if you have this in your cabinet, throw it out yesterday. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, so remember Enjoy By... So it's funny about this is because it's a can of Enjoy By. When Stone created Enjoy By... It was brilliant marketing. But I just saw it as their way of avoiding buying a canning line. Right? They were so fully committed to bottles. Oh, it still comes in a 22-ounce bottle, by the way. But what I'm saying is they were so fully committed to bottles and against canning, they had to invent Enjoy By because bottles are bad for the beers they were making. So they basically gave you a window to be like, now it's on you. It's not our fault we didn't can it. But now they're canning Enjoy By and calling it Hazy. So we've had Enjoy By, Enjoy After, and now Enjoy By Hazy. Like, is is brand just, is name recognition that valuable that it makes sense to try to extend this to Hazy's? I, I don't, I don't know. All right, fine. All right, Courtney, let's get back to you and your writing. Have you reviewed Stone? No. All right, well, now you uh, can. You're welcome. That's a gift we gave you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel I don't feel bad about anything I said at least really. Yeah. I don't I'm not going after like the mom and pop shop on the corner so. Yeah. Yeah, that's my problem with the other one. I don't want to hate it but I did not like it. Um but I want them to be great people who are doing their best at getting better and better at NA brewing. And I like that the two of you weren't as upset by it cuz I'm not really an NA drinker so I'm definitely not there their people all right so let's get back to what else should we have talked about that we didn't talk about you because we've run through 40 minutes already 
Um, we talked about tarot. We talked about the instinct of tarot. We talked about the two of swords, which I've now learned a lot about. Um, <laughs> but so if they want to pick up your zine, I think you've already said it. Hey, mm -hmm. Kennedy, do you have a letter and can you make it a tarot letter? Uh, yeah, I got a letter. It's a good one. Kind of touched on some stuff we talked about today. Is it a tarot letter, though? You didn't see this Not one coming? Maybe you should have gotten a reading. Sorry about that. Uh, I, it's I'm killing it here. That's good humor. Anyway, read your letter. It's from our buddy Niles R. He says, Kennedy, uh, man, outside of just going to a brewery, bar, or bottle shop, what are your thoughts around other creative beer-related perks slash events? I'm thinking of things like mug clubs, <clears throat> organized bottle shares, festivals, beer pairing me uh, meals, exclusive beer clubs, etc. What are ones you found to be worth every penny, uh, completely overrated, or just what you thought it would be? Cheers. Well, he asked you, buddy, so you got to answer. Yeah, my man. I've never been part of a beer club. I don't really go to organized bottle shares. <laughs> I like some festivals. I think we've talked about the ones on here that we like. Um, beer pairing meals. Eh. Take it or leave it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it depends on the company a lot of the time. So Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It really comes down to who's putting it on. And if it sounds good to you, then go for it. Like that's the... That's the thing. Don't don't let somebody else try to you know sway. If something speaks to you, then then go and do it. Yes, like beer should be fun. Support the arts. Beer should be fun. Go have fun. Yeah, Courtney, I'm sure you've been to a lot of these things. Before. Yeah, talk about it, Courtney. What do you got? <laughs> um, I yeah, I, I I agree, and I think it's about the event. I like events that are like have a lot of intention behind the planning. Like they're not just i'm re i'm kind of like famously on the record as not a big festival person um to me the festival has to have like a really strong point like why are we all there i don't like a festival that's just like here is your taster glass here's two hours how much can you run around and take like talk about palette blasting oh, so atlantic just, city so you hate atlantic uh, city i get it <laughs> no i'm not i haven't been to that <laughs> um and i've also oh, been to I've also been to some amazing ones. I mean, you go to something like Barrel and Flow, which has, you know, uh, a great, you know, where you're supporting black owned or black operated breweries. Um, so I like festivals that have some sort of theme, some sort of message. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, I, I went to a beer pairing dinner with Three's Beer that was phenomenal semi recently. But I've also been to ones that are like, why are we here? So I, I think it's just like, like, is it a brewery that you know and can expect good things from that event's probably worth it or have you at least you know heard good things are you intrigued by something it's then yeah like you're saying go have fun but i you know think about the price and think about who's having it and think about what the sort of like agenda is like are you learning anything are you are you you know getting to have fun there yeah that all makes Dang sense it. so so i guess my question for you and i'm going to try to answer it but first i'll see if you have an answer do you have indicators, like like a, a word cloud of five or six words to look for that you think indicate it's more likely to be good than bad? Are there, like I used to make the rule 10 years ago that if I heard what's your lightest, what's your strongest more than I heard what's your favorite, we would never go back. Do you have any rules like that when you see announcements for upcoming stuff that gets you hooked versus not gets you hooked? Not as much specific words, more like how big is it? How 
how you know like how many breweries are there what what is the sort of overriding like are we celebrating you know black owned like bipoc owned breweries or women owned breweries or lgbtqia plus owned breweries uh are we i i really appreciate a festival that's just like this is all lagers so that people can sort of like really dig into comparing some lagers so yeah i'm just really looking for right. theme and like size if it's too massive um i kind of get turned off so not specific words just like how is it structured yeah, no, what it. is it gonna look like yeah I get it. I, yeah, it's it, but I mean, definitely drawn to certain words. That's fine, um, and that makes sense. I I guess for me, I'm having this problem of regional imprint because things I would think I would hate by my by my personal experience keep surprising me. Like, and I think there's a regionality to it. Like I'm headed down to to the eastern shore of Maryland for controlled chaos at Burley Oak in 10 days uh, i will actually be doing this beer fest on my birthday and i'm doing that because of how much fun i had last year and it was a brewery run small group of cool regional brewers bringing two beers each and a small enough crowd where everyone was there because they wanted to taste beer and talk to somebody from the brewery and do all that and that was like a super positive amazing thing and i'm a big fan of everything burley oak did with it so much so that i'm excited to go back and obviously little beers has gotten enough attention on the show. I don't need to bring it up again, but recently I did Snallygaster, which I just followed a group of people I've been liking seeing at those things. So what I mean there is there's people like human robot and the seed and shilling and Finback, um, that I just notice when I'm at fests with all of them, like they seem to know how to separate out that I'll have a good time if I go to that fest. Um, so when I get these invitations to these things that I don't know, I now like pull a group of 10 people, you know, like Ashley and Matt Monahan, and, and be like, are you going to this? And if I get enough yeses, I'm like, all right, let's, let's decide if we're going to this or not. But I don't have any way myself of knowing without like this panel of people I feel are a little more discerning than I am. But yeah, I went to Snallygaster, had the greatest time of my life. And on paper, everything is wrong with Snallygaster. It's 350 breweries, 50 food trucks, two different stages for events. Oof. But at the event, everybody was there to have a good time. All the brewers showed up with serious beer to talk about stuff. It there were 8,100 people at this tasting event, and it never felt pressured or whatever. I think every keg that was brought there kicked around the last hour of the thing, so it was paced and timed right. People were interested. Again, it's it's regionally close enough to here that you know I mean it was kind of our crowd, but not really. But I had a wonderful time at it. But if, like I said, if I took my word cloud, 8,100 people, two stages, 350 brews, I'd be like, this is going to be the worst event I've ever been to, and it was lovely. So I'm just super confused about what to look for and what's good and bad in those things to answer the rest of the question the one time i was in a mug club i was still under 21 and my mug in the bar with my name and it got me busted by my father um what what else did he talk about in there oh so you know it's really sad and i'm not trying to end on a down note but i used to love a bottle share but i used to really 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 love a bottle share in the company of oz cruise and oh, his yeah. passing kind of took me out of the hunt for let's find a good bottle share to do together or let's do a good bottle share together. Um, 
but that was the loss of a special person and my attachment of him to that. So I've been out of those, but I'm not against them. I just haven't been as inspired to go for them. Was there anything else he asked about in that message that that yeah, I'm not touching on? It's a beer club. Um, that's so, pretty... I've, so I guess I've been in, I've been a hoarder and I've been in Rare Barrels Beer Club. Um, I've been a brewery hoarder. I've been a, but the problem with that is I just bought way too much beer way too fast. Brew is way too big to have that level of commitment. Like every beer that was available to the club in a year was, I think, 600 bottles. So I've got way too much brewery beer, 10 years old at this point. Although I did open one just the other day, Chronology 11, which I think was from 16. Still beautiful. So he definitely knew what he was doing. Um, All right. Let's see. Yeah, my friend Patrick, my good buddy Patrick. Mr. Rue, who has been on the show. Anyway, what else? Is that all good? Is that all safe? I, think, yeah, I, all I, I used so, to do this, like you were saying, Augie, you would pull uh, you know, a group of people. I would do that like if there was a press dinner or something, I would text John and be like, Are you going to this? I would text uh, you know, Aaron Goldfarb and be like, Does this seem fun? and like get a consensus uh, before I RSVP'd. But I used to show up at some beer events and bump into you and Hall, and those were wonderful. I miss those still days. I feel like yeah, I distinctly are... remember one at DBGB that you were at, Kennedy. Oh, that was fun, yeah. Being a great big night. Remember when that woman's hair caught on fire at the Nomad? <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> All right, so let's leave that mystery hanging. Courtney, wow. how do they buy your zine about tarot? This is oh, a yeah. chance to plug. Plug away, Courtney. It's at beantobarstool.com. Cool. That's it. <laughs> what about Instagram? What about uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, we can do that, too. Um, well, my <laughs> newsletter is huggingthebar.substack.com. Um, and then you can follow my my writing. I guess the easiest way, yeah, is, is Instagram. Uh, and that's Highway to Hops. Awesome. Perfect. Highway to Hops is a good one. Good catch. I, I would, by the time I thought of that, it would have been Highway to Hops, 19,642. <laughs> it was, a, it was a while ago. It was, it was, it was years ago now. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Good grab. Good pick. Yeah. Uh, we don't have cast, right? So Holly, you want to do your cast impersonation? Uh, Patreon.com slash. You're not doing it. Beer. Do it right. Do it right. Send us uh, your letters to steal this beer podcast at gmail.com. And uh, go to our merch shop on stealthisbeer.com and, you know, get some of these shirts out of my basement. They look good on you. You need one. Go buy a shirt. Thank you. You forgot five-star review. You forgot Patreon. Give us no, money. No, I said Patreon. I started with Patreon. I, you Can always you tell start me to give with us the money? money. You always start with the okay, money. Okay, good. Smart. And and with the five-star review on 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 itunes um sure. all right y'all we appreciate you listening courtney thanks for joining us it was a pleasure thank you this was so fun y'all.